Welcome back to Jim's Beer and Brewing. This episode is a special episode. It's some lost files. So we've managed to collab these files together to bring you a special ep. And uh, hope you enjoy. This episode consists of some brewery mishaps has some of the recipes that have been brewed even cooking up some brisket in this one as well as we've got the top five breweries of 2019 that i've ventured to first up we've got the brewing mishaps so these are a little bit of a bad brew day i experienced that is, this file's got lost back in January, they've been refound, and they're here for your listening pleasure. So what a crazy brew day it was. So many problems to start with. So brewing up the Simcoe Smash. So single malt, single hop brew. Firstly, I had the power kept tripping. I use a Guten 40 litre system and I also acquired a Grainfather Sparge hot water system. So out in the brew cave, all I have is a four plug surge board and me not thinking, I had the Sparge water heater and the Guten 40 litre system both plugged into the surge board to not think about the amount of power that would be chewing through both of those which in turn caused my power to continually trip I eventually worked it out <laughs> it was an early it was an early brew day session it was early in the morning it was I started around 5.30am, 6am, something like that so it was early, it was before coffee before any beer was drunk so moving forward with the brew day I had added my grain to the Guten and when I was trying to mix the grain up to make sure that there was no lumps and clumps I realised that the centre pipe that holds my false bottom grain plate and the top grain plate wasn't screwed in properly so this is was going to be a massive problem for me because if I continued on with my brew day which this was only like five minutes into mashing in if I continued with my brew day it now no doubt would have come loose and I would have ended up getting grain all in my pump so I shut everything down once again five minutes into the mash into mash in shut everything down had to lift the grain bed lift the grain out very carefully and tighten the center uh, pole holding the plates tighten it all back up while it was holding my 5.3 kilos of grain which had been soaked 
and all mixed in, all, all, uh, all mashed in with no lumps or clumps. That was the second thing. I've never had a brew day like this. I've never had so many problems. Once again, I put it down to being early in the morning. Hadn't had a coffee. So now that the power tripping issue had been sorted, the loose grain plates were sorted. I added my grain back to my strike water and it the temperature was down to around 60 degrees for some time so I'm waiting around for it to hit that 65 degree mark to start the mash process and after 10 minutes or so and still being and, and, and still it was dropping below 60 and it dropped down to about 58 degrees I, it was then that I realized I had forgot to press the start button on the curtain for it to heat up the mash because once again when I had the the loose grain plate I shut everything down but upon adding the grain back to the strike water I had forgotten to turn the heat back on so I'm hoping it hasn't affected the brew too much I still hit my numbers in the end. I still hit my numbers. So it was a this was a 20 litre batch with a 60 minute boil. The Simcoe Smash is an American IPA style. It's come out to be around 53 IBU and 6.7 ABV. Other than that, everything else went pretty smooth until it come time to chill the wart. I checked the hoses on my wart chiller before adding the wart chiller to the wart. And then go to turn the tap on and I've turned the tap, the faucet, on a bit too hard and this caused the hoses that are attached to the wart chiller it caused the inlet hose to pop off and start spraying water all through the guten. But just lucky, I was quick enough to spot that. And within five seconds, I shut the water off. There'd be no doubt, probably half a litre of water got added to that wart at this particular point in time. And a brew day like this, as I said, this is does just just doesn't happen. It's never happened for me. This much this much trouble in a brew. It's just one of them days, I guess. But other than that, everything else went smooth. And I'm recording this podcast a couple of days later after brewing. And the brew is now sitting in the fermentation chamber at 18.5 degrees. The airlock is bubbling away quite nicely in there. So I'm going to let that brew sit. It's going to sit in the fermentation fridge for a minimum of two weeks before bottling. And then with the Nelson smash being quite drinkable between week two and three of being bottled, 
that's the plan I'll be trying this Simcoe smash. So in the next four weeks, on, the, on an update podcast, I'm going to try that beer. So hopefully it turns out as good as the Nelson smashes turned out. I want to talk a little bit about barbecue. This one will be about brisket, as tomorrow I'm cooking up a brisket. So I'm going to let you know how I do my brisket. Firstly, you're going to take your piece of brisket and you've got to trim away the knobs of hard white fat. That's those, the white fat that's on your brisket that's hard like a rock. Trim that away. Then remove any excess fat from the flat side of the brisket. When we've done this, I like to just use a very simple rub, a beef rub, because you want, when you're cooking beef, you want the beef to stand out. So all I use is Himalayan rock salt and cracked pepper, covered over the brisket. So now we want to prepare the Weber kettle. I use charcoal and heat beads. We need to bring the temperature of the Weber kettle up to 250 Fahrenheit. And use either hickory or pecan for the wood smoke. When we place the brisket on the smoker, we place it fat side up and smoke for six hours. After the six hours, we don't want any more smoke in the brisket. So at this point, we can wrap the brisket in aluminium foil. Once the brisket has been wrapped in the foil, we place it back in the smoker for a minimum of one hour. After this time, we take it out, wrap it in a, a old towel or something like that. Wrap it up in something, an old towel, or if you have a nice, clean, empty esky, you can just pop it, pop your brisket in there for a couple of hours. Or with the towel method, is wrap it in a towel and go sit it on your kitchen bench and come back to it in two hours' time. It'll continue to cook away. And by the end of it, it'll be so tender, it'll fall apart. So you can either have it sliced or pulled. That's how it's worked out for me. This is all for a piece. It's around 2.5 kilo, which is roughly five pounds. There are two main parts of the brisket, commonly referred to as the point and the flat. The flat is the leaner portion that is traditionally sliced. The point is loaded with fat. And this is the cut used to make burn ends. When trimming the flat, you want to leave as much fat as possible because this leaner cut needs the fat to keep from drying out. You want to remove a lot of the fat from the point to be able to create that dark caramelized bark directly on the meat. Okay, I want to give you all a little bit of background about myself and where I want this podcast to venture to. So this podcast initially started to just basically be about beer and home brewing. But I want to get some of my other hobbies into this podcast. 
So the name was changed from Bruise and Cues to Jim's Man Cave to coexist with every other social platform that I'm on. All my other social platforms are under Jim's Man Cave. YouTube, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, all under that Jim's Man Cave logo. So it was only fitting that I put the podcast under that same name. I'm very passionate about my craft beer. I'm very passionate about my brewing. Like a lot of other people out there, I have many hobbies. Beer and brewing being just a couple of those. I enjoy barbecue. The main barbecue style I enjoy is the low and slow cooking over hot beads or charcoal. Whatever I can get my hands on, that's low and slow. Makes food come out incredibly delicious. But I'm also into rugby league. I don't follow all sports. I have a few teams in all different kind of sports, but my main love in a sport is the National Rugby League, the NRL. Passionate Dragon supporter. And I want to incorporate some of the goings on with the NRL into this podcast as well. With some entertainment side to the podcast. So that could be involving gaming, movies, TV shows, documentaries and the likes. I'm, I'm into all that stuff. I like to watch beer-related TV programs. I'm ha- I can discuss those in future podcasts with you. I have a vast array, at least 10 TV shows that are just based on beer and brewing and they are fun and get you entertained. Something to drink a beer to while you're watching. I've been brewing, all grain brewing now for around six months. Around about 10 years ago, I started to brew. But I was doing the kitten kilo extract style brews. Then I just ventured away for it because I could not create something that I enjoyed to keep that passion up. So six months ago, I decided to go headfirst into all grain and spend a bit more money on the equipment to do that. And I haven't looked back. Yeah, I've made so some uh, not so spectacular brews from all grain, but nothing has gone down the sink. The best thing for anyone that's coming into brewing at all is... Don't waste your beer. Whether you think it's bad or not, do not waste it. Just keep on letting it go week by week. Keep on trying it and eventually it's it's going to get better. Eventually it'll get better. And if it doesn't, you get to fix your mistakes because you can pick up you can pick up those flavors. You can pick up those those things that you don't like. There's plenty of forums, there's plenty of other people out there. I I don't I don't think of myself as an expert by no means. As I said, I've only just started doing this and I've been doing it for six months and I'm still learning as I go. And I think I've created at least three decent brews out of the seven or eight that I've brewed. And they're the recent ones. 
my brewing quality, my quality of beers is just starting to pick up immensely. Just from handing out my brews to other home brewers, getting their feedback, getting where I need to fix things up. Because when you first start, you don't get every little detail. If you haven't already, subscribe to the podcast. Come on the journey with me. If you're starting out, I'm still basically starting out. I'll share my recipes. And let's just make this a fun, entertaining podcast. I have planned to have on some guests because podcasting is... It's it's hard when you're doing it on your own. It's a lot easier when you have more people around and you can all chat about the the passionate top topics that that we all love, which is the beer, which is the craft beer, the home brewing, the barbecuing, the the NRL footy. I'm gonna bring on guests that are all excited about particular topics. And that'll get everyone all involved and make the podcast uh, pop a little bit more. If you're listening to this podcast and you like the idea of beer and the footy being mixed into one podcast together, it's going to be like, there's a lot of professional NRL podcasts out there, right? But there isn't really one that's from like an amateurish armchair perspective where we can bag on the referees, we can bag on the players, we can hype up the great spectacle that is the rugby league season. Like, I love it. I've been a Dragons fan for the last 20 years. An armchair critic is not going to get a fine like a coach can get. So, I'm I'm excited to bring that in. If you like the idea, come over to the Facebook group, Jim's Man Cave Beer Adventures. Join the group there and just post a comment so I know that you've heard this podcast and that you're interested in the podcast going along that line. Of beer, barbecue, footy, all rolled into one. So in no particular order, I'm going to do my top five breweries of 2019. Now I've taken these top five breweries from the history that Untapped has given back to me after 2019. So on Untapped... All your beer check-ins, your brewery check-ins and all that. It all gets calculated and just recently they send their members an email and this email contains the history for your year, your, your top fives of all sorts of different categories. So my top five breweries of 2019, once again in no particular order, We'll start with Ironbark Hill Brewhouse. So Ironbark Hill Brewhouse are in my top five. Ironbark Hill Brewhouse, their little blurb on their website says, Brews right, right here in the heart of Hunter Valley wine country. Come to Ironbark Hill Brewhouse to enjoy our handcrafted beers alongside excellent food options. 
If you aren't so much a beer drinker, we also make apple and pear ciders, as well as wines, which are also made here by Peter Drayton Wines. So to rattle off a couple of beers from Wine Bark Hill that I enjoyed this year, firstly their IPA, a couple of seasonal releases, so you've got your Black Forest Stout, which is delicious, fantastic drop around winter, or any time. Uh, the Watermelon Wheat, uh, named Wheatermelon, you can pick that up now, it's a great beer for, for the warmer weather, it's easily smashable. Next in my top five for the breweries is Hunter Beer Co. So Hunter Beer Co, their little blurb on the website goes like this. We like to think you can have a beer experience, can chat to one of the brewers, watch us make beer, sample some of our products, or just sit back and relax. Our brewery is open to the public in our tasting area with 10 beers on tap let you sample while you watch our team hard at work, or if you prefer, order a schooner of your favourite, sit back and relax. We have a range of beers available. Some are easy going and refreshing, others a little more challenging, and sometimes they're just downright weird. All of our beers are made on site using traditional brewing equipment and all natural ingredients. We don't take shortcuts and we never skimp on ingredients. We're all about craft beer. Real people brewing beers with flavour using traditional equipment. So to rattle off a couple of uh, Hunter Beer Co. beers that I've enjoyed throughout 2019. The first one, which was one of my picks, uh, my number one pick in the in the Gab's Top 5, which you could catch in the previous episode, well, is the Stone the Crows. So Stone the Crows, an Imperial uh, Stout. Also have the Slat Magpie, which cleaned up at the Indie Awards this season. They do the Cranky Pants IPA, which is another cracker. And they do a range of one-off beers. So, if you're ever in the Hunter, you have to stop at Hunter Beer Co. It's a great little joint there. So another one in my list of top five breweries is the Black Ops Brewery. So I enjoyed a few Black Ops beers throughout the year. Black Ops, Australia's champion small brewery in 2018 and Australian champion brewery in 2019, Black Ops started as a simple idea over a beer with three good mates. That led to a, the first beer, Black Ops beer, being the Eggnog Stout. I've enjoyed a few Eggnog Stouts throughout the whole season this year. A few years on... They have a team of 25 legends, a brewery, a tap room in Burley Heads and bigger awarders, and their beer is in 400 plus venues and bottle shops in Queensland, New South Wales, Victoria and South Australia. Who knew beers at the pub could be so productive? Once again, as with the other breweries, I've enjoyed the Black Ops Eggnog Stout plenty of times. Uh, some of their seasonal stuff that's come out, the full Nelson was quite delicious. They also did the half Nelson. I would put the full full Nelson ahead of the half Nelson. And there's their standard, their standard range, their staple range, their IPAs, the pails, are all all great beers. So get onto Black Ops. 
can't leave out Wayward Barinko, which, with the support of Untapped and all their collective information throughout the year, Wayward Barinko was in my top five brews of 2019. Wayward is the ethos of travellers. It's a desire to see what's around the corner, to take the road less travelled, and to embrace whatever you find. It's that romantic idea of travel of old, when every departure was an adventure. Put simply, it's the act of getting lost on purpose. At Wayward, we try to live this philosophy in our beer, our brewery and our people. We are not afraid to go off the beaten track and hope that in doing so, we create something that people are excited to drink and share with friends and family. Our beer pays homage to the classic European styles while creating something with a distinctly wayward twist. The wayward beers that I've enjoyed throughout this year is once that gab's rolled around, you know, coffee and donuts. Every chance I could get that, I was picking it up. They had two versions out because the first version, it went through tanks that had previously had a sour, so it kind of wasn't what they had planned. I still enjoyed that beer. And then they brought out a version two. Slightly different, still just as good. I enjoyed that beer. As well as the Wayward Red IPA and the Wayward IPA. All cracking beers. And with 2020, myself, I'm going back to the staple beers. I'm leaving the seasonals behind. Only sampling the seasonals at festivals. Other than that, when I'm at bottle shops, I'm going back to the staple beers that these breweries brew day in, day out. Because I feel that there's a lot of new stuff coming out from every brewery. They're always trying to always trying to better the last beer and throwing out these one-offs, one-offs, one-offs. I just want to go back to the staples, go back to the normal, go back enjoying just staple IPAs, staple pails, you know, their normal staple stouts, things like that. The final brewery in my top five, once again, it's in no particular order, so it doesn't matter which way that uh, they're positioned in the podcast. That's not a position of any order whatsoever, because I cannot split these top five. I'm really looking forward to 2020. And as previously mentioned, I'm really looking forward to digging into staples from this next brewery, which is Foghorn Brewhouse. Foghorn was established in 2014. We genuinely wanted to bring our decades of beer making experience, American foodie expertise, and an electric music taste, electric music taste, sorry, to the heart of Newcastle. What is now a thriving restaurant, live music venue, and local brewery was once another abandoned building in the sleepy CBD. We saw the warehouse's incredible potential to play a role in rejuvenating the city and decided to build Newcastle's first craft brewery. Since our beginnings, we watched locals come and eat, drink and play music as the city has grown livelier and livelier around us. We've proudly played a part in revitalization. Foghorn Brewhouse stays true to the roots of Newcastle, featuring 
1800 litre brewery and four 1800 litre serving tanks. At Foghorn, the beer goes directly from the tank to your glass. You can't get any fresher than that. Along with our brewery, our bar, our restaurant seats up to 250 people. And I've been there plenty of times. The pizza there is absolutely amazing. Goes well with the beer there. So let's go through some of the Foghorn beers. We've got a beer called Sligo. It's a big, stouty beer. From memory, it's around about that 8% mark. And... All kudos to me, going back to staple beers, it's a staple beer, it's available all year round. I've also got the beer uh, named the Young Americans, which is their IPA, it's another big beer, about 7.8%. We've also got the Pale, you know, they do all styles, but the ones that stand out for me, yeah, is the Sligo Stout, the Young Americans Foghorn IPA, and... The Foghorn Pale Ale, I can't remember the actual title for the uh, Foghorn Pale Ale, but the Pale Ale is almost IPA-ish to me, just not as big. But yeah, Foghorn, go check them out. Uh, they open around that 12 or 12 p.m. mark. That's the only disappointing thing for me, especially working seven days a week and working weekends after knockoff early morning weekends. I'm looking for a beer nice and early, but that's the only thing. I wish they just opened at 10, 10 a.m. would be fantastic. But, you know, rules are rules. It's whatever. I'll still pick up the beers. As I said, 2020, back to the staples. It's going to be interesting. It's going to be very hard to avoid those seasonal releases. But somebody's got to show the staple beers from these breweries some love because they're just, they're getting neglected. So in each episode, I'm going to update you all on like upcoming brews I've got planned that are coming up. So basically I can get through two brews, two brew days in a month. So for the month of January, and my next brew is going to be a Simcoe Smash. So single malt, single hop. So the single hop is Simcoe, obviously. I'm using about 300 grams in a 20 litre batch. So I'm kind of giving some stuff away because I've got, we've kind of got a little swap session going on on February 8th when the World Home Brew Club is having a meetup at the Clarendon Hotel. We're brewing up a beer for that date to swap around with the other brewers. And we're also sending some of these beers over to a friend that's over in the states that's also a member of the world home brew club check out world home brew club if you haven't already on facebook so yeah so it's a simco smash with the grain being maris otter and i'm looking at making my my kind of style with the smash is going to be an american ipa so i'm looking at around that 6.7 percent mark with about 53 ibu I recently just did a smash beer, but the smash beer that I've already done was with Nelson Savant. This beer turned out to be about 6%. So I kind of wanted it to be a little bit higher, just didn't hit my numbers. So it's, yeah, it turned out 6% with 44 IBUs. And I used almost 200 grams of Nelson Savant hops in a 23 litre batch in this one, but... 
it came out damn delicious. I couldn't wait. It's only been in the bottle for almost three weeks. And I cracked one and it's just fresh as. And I could easily polish off those two cartons of the Nelson Smash. They, they could be gone by, you know, but before they even hit week five in the bottle. Uh, not beating my own drum. It just turned out delicious and I, it just shocked myself. So, uh, all in all, I'm going to definitely do this beer again. Right, the style, this, I, I use Brewfather app, so it, it's hard to sort of, I wanted it to be an IPA, but it's more in line to be a, a juicy or, or, or a strong pale ale in those lines. But uh, yeah, so it was, a, it was a single hop, single grain, so smash beer. Uh, Nelson's Savon the Hop and the Grain Bill once again was Marisotta. So I'm, I'm doing a line of these. I'm doing a line of these smash beers. So once the Simcoe smash beer is brewed up, the next one to be brewed up after that is El Dorado. By doing this, it gives me a bit of knowledge about the hop, about the flavour that the hop's putting in. So Nelson's Savon, they say it has white wine-like flavours. I'm not a wine drinker. Probably once a year I'd have a bottle of wine. So I couldn't get white wine flavours just because I don't know what white wine flavour is. I couldn't describe the hop as a, in, in, my, in my own words. I would describe it. it it's kind of juicy, like a, ju- like a fruit, but I can't pinpoint a particular fruit. But it was delicious and it didn't last. I reckon I smashed a... 330ml bottle was probably gone within two minutes. It was just delicious and I could not put it down. Well, I hope you all enjoyed the special edition of the podcast with the lost files there and uh, gives you a better bit of understanding about myself and about the progression of where the podcast has come from to uh, most of these recordings were back in January to where it is now, uh, just hitting June in uh, 2020. Anyway, we'll be back uh, soon, real soon, with another episode. Thanks for listening. Thank you.